very good morning to you. I'm Howard Feldman. This is the Sunday Synthesis Podcast on Monday. It is no longer Easter Monday, apparently. It's now known as Family Day. I had no idea. I missed that memo back in 1995, but there you have it. Either way, we haven't been with you for two weeks, so we thought we'd get together today just to get an update on what is going on in the world of COVID, certainly as it impacts primarily here in South Africa. Dr. Anton Mayberg, good morning to you. How are you? You're looking good morning and happy. Happy non-denominational day, whatever family. day you want to call it. Family. Happy day. family day, happy non-family day, happy every family day. There are currently 131,933,255 cases worldwide with 2.86 million deaths and 106 million cases resolved. The United States is 31.4 million cases with 568,000 deaths. And South Africa has 1,551,964 cases with 52,987 deaths and only 463 new cases in the last 24 hours. And a dismal 269,102 people haven't been vaccinated since the 20th of February, 2021. Currently in Gauteng hospitals, there are 1,364 patients with COVID-19, of which 303 are in ICU and 140 are ventilated. But it's essentially been a good week overall. The cases are down by 8%. The testing is up by 5%. The testing positivity is down by 12%, as well as hospitalization is down by 12%. So there's no indication, there's nothing negative or concerning to read into these numbers, aside from the vaccine numbers, which we're going to talk about because those are appalling. But aside from that, in terms of the actual infection rate, the number of people in hospitals, we are still very, very much not looking towards a third wave in terms of the numbers. I'm not saying there won't be one. So I think what people got to remember is now is the crunch time. It's what's happened this weekend, which is going to determine how soon the third wave is going to come about. We normally see the excess spillover from about 10 days after the events. And if we look from Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we're looking at about 10 to 14 days from there on to the beginning of the next wave. Obviously, we're saying hopefully not, but the reality of the matter is there are many gatherings outside areas. A lot of people have traveled to different places in the country. Um, we've got to be very much on top of our game to make sure that it doesn't happen, but I think it is going to happen, unfortunately. Okay. And if you had to anticipate from these low numbers, when would you see, how long would it take to start reaching a significant increase, assuming that were to happen? You know, we generally follow what happens in the Eastern Cape and the Western Cape. Those are the sort of the catalysts and the pre sort of existing conditions we see happening over there that determine what's happening up in Gauteng and what's happening with the next wave. Once we get a start getting uptick of numbers in the Eastern Cape and Western Cape, we then see the numbers going up here. That will determine where we are going and where what the numbers will be further and what's going to happen in our hospitals. What is your, I mean, I know what you think about the vaccine situation, but uh, what what are we hearing? I mean, we've, we're hearing big statements. I hear a million doses coming in in April. I hear 30 million. I hear um, everybody's ready for this rollout. But there's nothing tangible. There doesn't seem to be anything on the ground. As a pulmonologist, as somebody who's been very, very active in the space, um, what are you hearing? Look, we, we finally heard good news from the major medical aid players to say that they are willing to get in on the fight. They're willing to 
provide the vaccines, they're willing to vaccinate their members, determined by the fact when they get them from the government. But that's a positive thing, okay? That's a very positive thing because we need the more people vaccinated, the better. The sooner people get vaccinated, the better. The low vaccination numbers can only put us forward to having a third wave and even a fourth wave, hopefully not. But we aren't hearing much except to say that, as I said, since the 20th of February, we've only had 269,000 people vaccinated. Now, if we look at the numbers, it was initially the end of March, we we're going to be vaccinating all the healthcare workers. Now, the end of February, April, 1.2, well, I'm just trying to be a bit positive, no, 1.2 million people vaccinated by the end of April. And we're talking about healthcare workers. We're sitting on 269,000. I mean, you know, I don't know how that's possible. They're going to vaccinate another million healthcare workers before they start the second rollout by the beginning of May. So, God knows. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Very, very concerning. Very, very concerning indeed. All right, let's just take a look at, uh, at some, of, uh, some of the questions. Uh, tell us about the Pfizer and the uh, Johnson & Johnson vaccines. There's nothing dramatically new with all the vaccines. We know about all the vaccines. We know about the Pfizer, the AstraZeneca, the Johnson & Johnson, the Moderna. What is new that has come out is that with the Pfizer vaccine, the new studies have shown that after you've received the second dose of the vaccine, you have six months protection. With regards to AstraZeneca, we know that there's been worries about the fact that it affects coagulation and causes clotting. They've now narrowed it down to what they think is they're calling a prothrombin disorder, which uh, HRT, heparin-induced thrombocytopenia, where you get platelets activating against your antibodies, against platelet factor four, and they've come up with the name VIPID, which is a vaccine-induced prothrombin immune thrombocytopenia, which basically means you drop your platelets and you have more risk for clotting. They have said that this happens in people under the age of 65, and they are promoting the AstraZeneca for people over the age of 65. Albeit it's very rare and not common, we are still promoting the use of the AstraZeneca vaccine overseas. With regards to Johnson... No, no, no. Before we carry on, uh, as a hypochondriac, do we have to have had the AstraZeneca vaccine in in order to drop up platelets? Yes, only, only a very small amount of people, but there can be other conditions that drop your platelets. But I think uh, the only time you drop your platelets is when you take it to the seat. Is that right? Just rude. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, carrying on right. with the Johnson yeah. & Johnson vaccine. Yeah. What's right. new with, with, with this vaccine or the new data that's come out is the National Psoriasis Foundation COVID-19 Task Force has recommended that people who are on methotrexate, which is an immune-suppressing drug, consider stopping the drug for two weeks after receiving the Johnson & Johnson vaccine in order to potentially improve the vaccine response. So we know it's a killed adenovirus that they're getting, a killed adenovirus vaccine, but they consider that people who are over the age of 60 who have got well-controlled psoriasis should consider stopping their methotrexate for two weeks in order to promote a better vaccine response. Now, remember, we know the Johnson & Johnson vaccine works by promoting your own cells to produce the spike protein, and that's that protein that's on the outside of the virus that attacks the inside of the other cells, and you actually make cells that to basically disable the spike protein on this. With regards to the efficacy of the Johnson & Johnson, it has 100% efficacy against death and hospitalization, 
It's got about an 85% efficacy against severe disease, whereas people not requiring hospitalization, and about a 64 to 70% efficacy of people with mild to moderate disease. So you still can get the mm. COVID-19, you still can get SARS-CoV-2, but your chances of landing up in hospital or, God forbid, dying are extremely minimal having received these vaccines. So the, for our purposes, the Johnson & Johnson does seem to be, especially because it's one dose, it does seem to have a high efficacy. But but your, your, your comment a little bit earlier about the Pfizer lasting six months, that's a bit of a worry. What, what does that mean practically? Well, it's, it's exactly what we think because it's very similar to the flu vaccine. We know that these vaccines don't last forever and you're going to have to have boosters and you have to have yearly, maybe seasonal vaccines. Um, we don't know if it's going to be every six months or, or once a year, but time will tell. And as we can see by the study is they're looking into where and how long you'll need to reboost yourself. They're even mm. looking into the fact that even though the Johnson & Johnson is a single dose, do we need to have a second dose down the line? Oh, I see. Okay, very, very interesting. A lot of people have come to South Africa and... Um, seem to have the view that if they've had the vaccine, that they don't need to wear masks, that they um, that they are protected and that that they are safe. Is this true? So that's a common mis misconception. It's a very very big mistake. Remember, you may be protected, but the people around you aren't protected. And especially if people are coming from overseas to visit the parents or grandparents. They're not protected. They haven't been vaccinated. We've only got 269,000 people who have been vaccinated in this country. We don't know how much virus you can transmit even if you have been vaccinated. So therefore, you still have to wear your masks. You still have to wash your hands. You still have to socially distance and obey all the laws that you've been obeying for the last year in order to protect the people around you. But it's so interesting. Like Psychologically, uh, let's assume that... that uh, the third wave comes along and you have a lot more people in the hospital. You, you, Dr. Anton Marburg, have had the vaccine. Do you think it's going to change your behavior or is this something that you have to fight not to change? So it's very easy to let it change your behavior, but you have to fight it because you've got to remember there's a bigger game here. There's a bigger end sort of end point here. You've got your family to protect. Because you're still going home to your protect. family. Yeah. You've got your family, your staff, you've got your, your friends, people who you're going to see, oh, you've got your patients. Yeah. I said people yeah. you're going to see. I said oh, you've got your patients, yeah. you've got all the people that you need to protect, and as well as you've got to protect yourself. Although you don't want to get the virus, even if it is mild to moderate, you still don't want to get affected by the virus. Right, 100%. What's happening worldwide with COVID? So if we look at flagships like Israel, Israel are now starting to take off masks in certain places, they, the economy is open fully, and their vaccination rates are taken over the world, they've done extremely well. When you look at countries like France, they're, they're in their third wave, they're shutting down the economy again. Um, Canada are in their third wave, and they're actually seeing people who are affected much younger, and they're seeing it as a much deadlier virus, it's affecting people in their 30s, and their 40s, and their 50s, that are severely ill in hospital, and the fatality rate is much higher. This has been fueled by the COVID variants, by the B117, the UK variant. So they're very worried about that. And they're assuming it's from their slow rollout of the vaccine, where there's been about 1.75% of the entire population vaccinated uh, fully, as well as about 11% having had at least one vaccination. It sounds very similar to our situation, and I hope we don't follow suit with that. 
Um, and worldwide, even countries like America, albeit that their vaccination rates are going up dramatically, there are still certain mm. places where the virus is very virulent and is spreading dramatically where people haven't been vaccinated. Is there any update on ivermectin? So the World Health Organization has come out with saying uh, with a statement saying that they recommend against and say against using the generic antiparasitic drug ivermectin in patients with COVID-19. Don't say CDC, I told you so. Do not say I told you so. The CDC and the US FDA have also recommended this, albeit that there are 66 clinical trials going on worldwide around this. It is still clinically recommended not to use ivermectin in any of your patients with COVID-19. All right. I mean, that's, that seems pretty clear then. So ivermectin, you're saying we should still consider it? No. All right, fine. Um, okay. Um, other, other questions. The flu vaccine. How important is it to have the flu vaccine this year? And the next part of that question is, if you do have it, how long should you wait if you've had the vaccine, the COVID vaccine, should you wait in, uh, in, for a time in between? So I'm laughing because, you know, it's really not one of my important statements about oh, having the flu no, vaccine. You know? I hardly ever bring it up. And uh, how important is extremely important to have the flu vaccine, okay? Anyone over the age of, of two upwards should be having the flu vaccine. We need to vaccinate the entire population from the pediatrics up to the elderly patients, healthcare workers, people with comorbidities, young people, old people, anyone in that age group needs to be vaccinated with the flu vaccine. There are different types of flu vaccine. There's a tetravalent or a quadrivalent and a trivalent. That just basically means the tetravalent's got two strains of influenza A and two strains of influenza B, whereas the trivalent has got two strains of influenza A and one strain of influenza B. Now, it's extremely important to vaccinate people. And one of the major reasons is as follows. We're now going into our winter months. People are going to get sick. It's very different from last year when we were complete lockdown. People weren't seeing each other. People weren't socializing with each other. So now if your kids are going back to school and they get sick and they haven't had the vaccination, how are we going to tell whether or not it's flu or if it's COVID-19? Obviously, all the precautions are still going to have to be taken into place where the person's going to have to stay at home, et cetera. But at least you know if your child's been vaccinated against the flu, with the flu vaccine, there's a chance that they are well protected against these viruses. And it also makes it easier for the medical sort of return to look and see what they are dealing with. It's very important that we have to have people vaccinated. The recommendations are that you should have the flu vaccine two weeks after your COVID-19 vaccine. We don't have to worry about that yet. Rather, just have your flu vaccine now and wait until the COVID-19 vaccine actually yeah, I mean, comes what is, uh... out. It's, so it's very, very important and mandatory to have your flu vaccine. What about the uh, pneumonia vaccine? So the pneumonia vaccine, there's two types of pneumonia vaccines, it's actually called the pneumococcal vaccine, and it protects against ear infections, sinus infections, meningitis, pneumonia, bacteremias, which are in sepsis infection in the blood system. The two types are the PCV13, which is called Prevenol 13, and that's pneumococcal conjugate vaccine 13. And the second one is the PPSV, which is the pneumococcal polysaccharide um, vaccine 23. Now, the PCV13 is advocated in children under the age of two. They get them at two, uh, two months, four months, six months, 12 months, and 15 months. Um, and then the, the PPSV or the Pneumovax 23 is advocated in people over the age of two. However, 
it is highly recommended for people over the age of 65. I'm talking about the, the Pneumovax 23. It's recommended for people between the age of 19 to 64 that smoke, as well as people who have got comorbidities like diabetes, obesity, and that type of thing. The Pneumovax 23 is generally given every five years, but it's only given once or twice. And it's more important to have it over the age of, of 65, obviously. Um, children under the age of two do not get the Pneumovax 23. And we do say that people who are got high comorbidities or people with severe respiratory disease should get the Prevnar 13 once off. And then a year later, if they don't have higher comorbidities, get the Pneumovax 23, which lasts at least for five years and then dependent whether or not they should receive it again. Right. And what age should people have the flu vaccine? I meant to ask you that when you Anything were just... from the age of two upwards. Okay. So, you, so your kids should all be having this. That's, That's um, correct. Any, any school going kid should be any having... Any person over the age of two should be vaccinated against the flu. Okay, a couple a uh, couple more questions that I wanted to get to. Uh, somebody asking, why should I get the flu vaccine if we didn't see flu last year? Well, I think that that's important. As I said, we, we're no longer in a lockdown situation like we were in last year. People are socializing. People are cohabiting. We are really seeing a lot of the respiratory viruses going around like RSV, like adenovirus, like all the other viruses that we didn't see last year. So there is going to be influenza A and there is going to be influenza B. And we need to make sure you vaccinate against the flu so if you do get sick, we can discern whether it's flu symptoms or it's COVID-19 symptoms because they do cross over and they are very similar. Norit wants to know, well, she asked us about the vaccine, which we've answered. With winter coming, what vitamins do you suggest we, are, we take daily? Look, I think carry on eating well, doing exercise, um, make sure your nourishment's good, but carry on with your general vitamins. You can either do a Centrum A to, to zinc, or you can do a Pharmaton or Vitathine. Any of those type of vitamins will give you very good coverage against the flu and against actual sort of immunity lacking problems. Mm. You've, you've been out and about, you've seen people's behavior. Are you comfortable on the most part with what you're seeing or are you concerned around behavior at the moment? So the truth is I'm not comfortable with what I'm seeing. People have become very lax. People are dropping their masks. People are not wanting to wear their masks. The numbers are essentially low at the moment. So people don't want to put on masks. I think they don't have to because we're out of trouble. We are by no means out of trouble. We're not fear mongers here. We're not trying to make people scared, but we do know that in the next few weeks, times can get tough again. So we've got to protect ourselves and protect each other and carry on wearing our masks. We've got to carry on social distancing and we've got to carry on vaccinating in order to protect each other. Mm. Is there good news? Of course, there's good news. First of all, we can give a big tick in the box for the Easter Passover. We managed to get there. We managed okay. to get through it. Oh, and, yes. uh, you know, please God, we can take it forward. But the best news of the, the whole day is that um, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. the Liverpool beat the Gunners in a display of pure genius soccer. Champions they are. They show their skills. They won 3-0. What a brilliant game it was. And uh, you can't get better soccer than that at the moment. And then, of course, on, on Tuesday this week, they'll be playing Madrid in the Champions League. You know, not, not many English football teams are in the Champions League. So to those that aren't, sorry for you. But they'll be playing them in the Champions League, which is just skill and great football. So you'll never walk alone. And to quote, when people ask what I do, I say whatever it takes. Wishing you all a good week. Be safe. Be sensible. Wash your hands, wear your masks and social distance.
Dr. Anton Marburg, thank you as always. I'm Howard Feldman. This has been the Sunday Synthesis podcast on Monday. Uh, don't forget to subscribe below. Send us your questions and we'll keep you updated as to what is going on in the difficult world of the pandemic. Be safe and God bless.